Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo on this wonderful Monday in Philadelphia. Great weekend of football. Unfortunately, none of it included the Philadelphia Eagles. Unless you consider Jason Kelsey taking off his shirt and jumping into the crowd in Buffalo as the Philadelphia Eagles. But other than that, a little bit depressing watching some other teams play, but some good football. So if you're a football fan, you enjoyed it. But welcome into the Power Hour. We are live on the Jacob Sports Network on YouTube. We are live on TikTok as well. A lot to talk about today. We got to talk about this Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff. Still no news that Nick Sirianni is safe, but it looks like everything is trending that way. But some changes to the coordinators. Some reports being made about people they're interviewing. We'll talk about that. We'll obviously talk about some of these games yesterday in the NFL divisional round. Talk a little fly, guys. Flyers had a rough weekend. But we'll talk a little bit about the Flyers as well and some Sixers. So go ahead, hit that like button for me. Hit that share button for me. The more Philadelphia sports fans we can reach, the better. And... Some other updates for you. I will be staying on to cover Sports Take for Tone today. So me and Rob Ellis will be going live from 11 to 2 on the Jacob Sports Network on Sports Take. Tonight, 6.30, we have the Legal Hands to the Face show. And I'm hoping to be joined by Derek Gunn, waiting for confirmation from Gunner that he can make it tonight. Want to talk to him. So make sure you check that out tonight, 6.30, live Legal hands to the face show. But let's get a little roll call. I see people checking in in the chat. Good to see everybody. Hope everyone had a great weekend. I see Elliot in the house. Mike Fittery, Wine Niners, Wine. Nina, Fanny, Go Sixers, David Laprati, Barbara Carroll, Chwiz, Stephen Patton, Flexing and Stepping, Fran Iardi. Man, we got the whole crew here today. James Jones. All you guys are checking in. Dank. Good to see everybody. Sorry I can't read all your names. We've got a good crew in the house today on this Monday. But let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's start with this coaching staff. Because I'm not sure we're going to hear that Nick Sirianni's job is safe. Because the way I look at it, if you're Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, if there was any question that Sirianni was going to be brought back and you announced that, well, it shows that you don't really have confidence in Nick Sirianni. So I think the way they're looking at it is we're not going to announce it. We're not going to say that Sirianni's job is safe because, of course, his job is safe. Of course, 
a coach that went to a Super Bowl last year is safe. They don't operate that way. And there was a good article last week from Mike Florio over at Pro Football Talk talking about that exact thing that you probably won't hear the Philadelphia Eagles announce that Sirianni's job is safe. Because did they need to announce it last year when they lost in the Super Bowl? Do other coaches and owners have to be told to the public that, hey, their job is safe? So I think the way the Eagles are looking at this is they're not going to say his job's safe because by doing that would mean they actually questioned it. And I think all of the signs are pointing towards the fact that Sirianni's coming back, not only because it hasn't been announced yet, but because he's now involved in the coordinator search. He was involved in firing Sean Desai yesterday, which we'll talk about. So I don't think you're going to hear that Sirianni's job is safe. I just think they're going to take a look and say, hey, we're not Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones does that. Jerry Jones, every single year, after a coach loses in the playoffs, which happens every single year, how about them boys, always goes to the media and says whether or not the coach's job is safe. And that's not the type of organization that Jeffrey Lurie runs. So I don't think they're going to even say it. I think they're going to just assume it and not give credence to the fact they even considered moving on from Sirianni. But while we're talking about Nick Sirianni, and before we get into the coordinators, you guys know that if you follow the show and you follow me, you know that right after the game against the Bucks, I was furious. Within 24 hours, when I did my shows, I did the Philly Sports Power Hour, I did the Legal Hands to the Face show, I thought that Sirianni should be fired. And we talked about it here on this show. But then after I took a step back and I let my emotions subside and I didn't make that knee-jerk reaction and really took a look at the whole picture, you know my thoughts were Sirianni should come back. And I did a bunch of videos about this and I also did a bunch of videos, if you're not already following me on Instagram or TikTok, make sure you are at Bill Calarulo, at Legal Hands to the Face. Make sure you're following. But I did a lot of videos about how upset I was, not with Nick Sirianni, but with Howie Roseman. How angry I was that Howie Roseman failed the personnel on this defensive side of the football. How he ignored the linebacker position. And now we get reports that not only did he ignore the linebacker position, but Howie Roseman also ignored T.J. Edwards. Didn't even make him an offer. Didn't even contact him at the start of free agency. You remember all those stories that came out when he originally signed in Chicago was, oh, he wanted to go back home. Well, that's turning out to not be true. He wanted to stay in Philadelphia, and Howie Roseman didn't even pick up the phone. And when we talk about these divisional games, do you think these teams had good linebackers? Do you think linebacker is an important position in the NFL? Did you see Fred Warner, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen? These good teams that are all playing still now going into the conference round all have good linebackers. 
But when I did these videos on my Instagram and I talked about how I think Howie Roseman deserves a lot of the blame. Now, listen, I'm not saying Howie Roseman should be fired at all. I think Howie Roseman is a good general manager. I do. But he needs to learn from his mistakes this offseason. He needs to learn that when they won the Super Bowl back in 2017, that was an outlier the way they built that team. You can't rely on one-year deals all the time. You can't have the arrogance of I'm good enough that I can ignore all of these positions and just fill them with one-year stop gaps. That was not the norm what they did in 2017. So I did these videos, and I talked about how I felt that it was the arrogance of Howie Roseman from his time winning the Super Bowl back in 2017 that made him think he was good enough to ignore key positions like linebacker and safety. And I did those videos, and I had people coming at me. How dare you talk about Howie Roseman? Look what he did. Look at the team he built in 2017. Look at what he did in 2022, bringing that team to a Super Bowl, the roster he built. And here's what I don't understand. This is the double standard that I don't understand. Why does Howie Roseman get a free pass for this season, but Nick Sirianni doesn't? Why do we all look at Howie Roseman, and not all, I shouldn't say all, I see people in the chat going after Howie, but a majority of the people on my videos about Howie Roseman having to share the responsibility for the way this season went were coming at me, talking about how great Howie Roseman is and how dare you. Every GM isn't perfect. Every pick isn't perfect. Every free agent signing isn't perfect. Look what he did in 2022. Look what he did in 2017. Well, why do we give Howie Roseman a free pass for this season, but yet Nick Sirianni needs to get fired? Sirianni's got to go, I hear from a lot of fans. And I went over it with you guys before on how difficult it is to overcome that Super Bowl hangover, but yet nobody wants to use that. Everyone wants to say, oh, look at the epic collapse. So I don't understand it, and I see Flexen and Steppen saying, fire Howie and fire Nick. At least you're not giving Howie a pass, but try to explain to me, if you guys are here in the chat, and you're one of the people who says Nick needs to go, but yet will defend Howie Roseman to your death, explain to me why one should get a pass and not the other. And if you're here in the chat, please let me know why Howie Roseman should get a pass. Tell me why we shouldn't be blaming Howie Roseman for ignoring linebacker, for ignoring safety, for missing in the draft on defensive players year after year, after year. And like I said, I'm not saying fire Howie Roseman. I do think Howie Roseman is a good GM. I do think that what he does with contracts and the salary cap is masterful. But his talent evaluation, especially on the defensive side of the football, has been lacking for years. 
And when you finally have some young talent on the defensive side of the ball that you actually developed, which is a rare circumstance in Philadelphia, actually developed TJ Edwards, actually developed Marcus Epps, and you just let them walk out the door and you don't even pick up the phone to see how much TJ Edwards would require to get him to come back? A guy that led your team in tackles? Top seven in the NFL in tackles? Played over 94% of the defensive snaps last season? Wore the green dot? Called your defense? You don't even pick up the phone? To me, that's arrogance. To me, that's I'm good enough that I can find somebody else to plug into that position. And look where that got us this year. So I don't understand why Nick Sirianni doesn't get a pass for having one bad season, but Howie Roseman does. That's all I'm saying on that. And I see people on TikTok, and I've heard other people say, well, you can't pay everybody. Howie Roseman can't pay everybody. Well, two things for that. Number one, TJ Edwards isn't making a lot of money, okay? You don't have to, you didn't have to pay TJ Edwards a ton. What's he getting? Three years, 19 and a half million from the Chicago Bears. That's not a lot of money. And you've heard me say it before. You know who doesn't cost a lot of money? Your own draft picks who are still on their rookie contracts that last four years. Rookie contracts are four-year deals. If they were taken in the first round, there's a fifth-year option. But when you can hit on defensive players in the second round, the third round, the fourth round, when you can hit on those guys, well, now you have young defensive players contributing to your team on really cheap four-year deals especially when they're taken in the second, third, and fourth rounds. So when everybody wants to give Howie Roseman a pass and say, well, he can't pay everybody, he's paying Jalen Hurts $250 million. He's paying A.J. Brown $100 million. But if he could draft better, and we had second, third, and fourth-year defensive players contributing to our defense, it wouldn't matter what he paid Jalen Hurts or A.J. Brown. It's because of the way he's drafted. And I'm still praying and hoping that this most recent draft, they finally got things right. I'm hoping Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith and Sidney Brown and Keely Ringo grow into good players. But when you look at all of the previous drafts for the three years, four years before this past draft, there's nobody contributing to your defense. Outside of D-tackle, you got Milton Williams and Jordan Davis. Tell me somebody else that Howie Roseman has drafted in the last four years that contributed in a big way to that defense outside of Jordan Davis and Milton Williams, and we can debate whether or not Jordan Davis is a bust. I see Flexen and Steppen saying Jordan Davis is a bust. Whether he's a bust or not, let's just assume he isn't. Who else is contributing to this defense outside of your D-tackle position that Howie Roseman has drafted? And again, not talking about this recent draft. 
I know what the Detroit Lions are doing with all these rookie draft picks that they had this past season. Great draft. But if the Eagles truly had Super Bowl aspirations this year, which we all thought they did, you needed second, third, and fourth-year guys contributing on the defense. Not all rookies. And he's missed on every edge rusher he's taken in the last four years. He's missed on every linebacker he's taken in the last four years. He's missed on every safety he's drafted in the last four years, not including this rookie draft picks, not including Sidney Brown. I, I like Sidney. Not even ruling out Nolan Smith yet. He was only a rookie. I'm talking about the second, third, and fourth-year guys that should still be playing for this team on cheap four-year rookie contracts that didn't contribute to this defense. That's the problem. And I'm not calling for Howie to lose his job, but he needs to learn from these mistakes. But I think it's hypocritical for the fans who say, Nick should be fired, but don't say a negative word about Howie Roseman. How dare you talk negatively about Howie Roseman, but Nick Sirianni should be gone. That doesn't make sense to me. But when we get back, guys, I want to take a look because there were some reports about an offensive coordinator name that the Eagles are talking to and an interesting defensive coordinator name that the Eagles are talking to. Could they be changing their philosophy about being aggressive on the defensive side of the football? Well, this name may indicate that they are. So stay tuned, guys. Hit that like button. Hit that share button. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody, and welcome back in to the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. Before the break, we were talking about Howie Roseman and some of his defensive draft picks over the years. Howie Roseman and him ignoring the linebacker position, ignoring the safety position this season. But in a lot of people's eyes, getting that free pass, which I don't understand. I think he definitely should take a majority of the responsibility when we're talking about the defense. Now, the offense, completely different story. I do think Howie Roseman gave Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson enough talent on the offensive side of the football that they should have been dominating for four quarters on offense. Howie Roseman built a great offensive roster. Could the wide receiver three be better? Yes. Do they need to upgrade the wide receiver three this offseason? They better. Do they need a better backup tight end? Absolutely. But I think there was enough on the offensive side of the football. But the defense, I don't blame Nick Sirianni for what we saw on defense. That I blame on Howie Roseman. And I especially blame Howie Roseman. If he was the reason that they made the switch from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia with only four games left in the season. What I don't understand is, guys, we all watched the playoffs. Sean Desai held four playoff teams to 17 points or less when he was the defensive coordinator. The Tampa Bay Bucks, the Los Angeles Rams, the Miami Dolphins, the Kansas City Chiefs, that was when Sean Desai was your defensive coordinator. So if that was Howie Roseman's decision to move on from Sean Desai with only four games left, then you absolutely can't blame Sirianni for what we saw on the defense. I think that was a desperate move for a team that lacked personnel on the defensive side of the football. But we know, under Nick Sirianni, the defense that this team likes to run is a very conservative defense. Sirianni is all about big, explosive plays on offense, 
limiting big explosive plays on defense. And that's why they run that Vic Fangio style of defense. Jonathan Gannon was a Fangio disciple. Sean Desai was a Fangio disciple. But could they be changing that strategy? Could they be changing their philosophy? Because reports are they fire Sean Desai yesterday as expected. I think everybody knew that was coming. And a lot of us were nervous, I know I was, that they were going to say, well, Matt Patricia deserves a full year as defensive coordinator. Well, in addition to the reports that Sean Desai was fired, the reports are Matt Patricia isn't under contract with the Eagles, and he's expected to explore other opportunities, maybe even joining Bill Belichick in Atlanta. If Belichick gets the job, Patricia may join his his old boy, Bill, and be the D.C., But this was where it was interesting. According to reports, the Eagles have reached out to two potential defensive coordinator candidates, and one of them may make a lot of Eagles fans happy. Wink Martindale, former defensive coordinator of the New York Giants. So Eagles fans who have been begging for the Eagles to be more aggressive, begging for the Eagles to blitz more, well, if they if they hire Wink Martindale, it doesn't get much more aggressive than that. You're talking about a guy who was number two in the NFL this season in blitz percentage, was number one last year in blitz percentage. So if you're a fan who wants more aggressiveness, who wants more blitzing, Wink Martindale's your guy. My opinion, I don't want Wink Martindale. I don't think, and this may make a lot of fans angry, I don't think that's the way you win in the NFL in 2023, 2024. The way you win isn't by blitzing every single play. Let's just take a look. Let's look at the blitz rates this season. So you have the Minnesota Vikings are number one in blitz percentage. Where do they sit in total defense? Because there is a correlation, 16th. The New York Giants, number two in blitz percentage. Where do they sit in total defense? 27th. The Tampa Bay Bucks, number three in blitz percentage. 23rd in total defense. So blitzing is not necessarily the answer. Now, I know some fans just want them to be more aggressive, quote-unquote, not necessarily talking about blitzing, but you bring in a guy like Wink Martindale, he's going to blitz a lot. And I'm not sure that that is the answer in today's NFL. And you look at Wink Martindale's defense last year, just said it, 27th in yards against, 19th in passing yards against, 29th in rushing yards against. But there was an area they were number one, and that was takeaways. Something the Eagles really, really lacked this season. You look at last year, Eagles defense had 27 takeaways. That dropped down to 18 this year. And did it bother anybody else watching Chauncey Gardner-Johnson get another interception for the Detroit Lions? 
CJ GJ, another guy that Howie Roseman let walk out the door. But I'm curious in the chat, I see some people talking about it. Would you bring in Wink Martindale, even though his defenses have struggled in terms of yards against, rushing yards against? Would you bring in a guy like Wink Martindale also before he was the defensive coordinator for the Giants, was the D coordinator in Baltimore, won a Super Bowl there as the linebackers coach? Something we know the Eagles could use some help with, coaching up our linebackers. We don't even know who the hell our linebackers are going to be next season. But would you hire Wink Martindale? Is that a guy you would want? And I'm seeing Post Shimon with a big thumbs down. Brian Lippicott saying anything but the Fangio BS. What do we got on TikTok? Would you hire Wink Martindale to be the next Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator? Simply because of how aggressive he is. Mob Deep saying no. Poshimone wants someone that can develop players. I agree. Johnny Knapp on TikTok, no. Jalen Moore on TikTok, no. So I know a lot of people were excited about that. And I see Hayesville Harry saying Seth Joyner. I know we'd all love Seth Joyner. And let me tell you, from having the luxury of being able to watch these games every week with Seth Joyner all season in the green room down at the Ocean Casino watching the games with Seth Joyner. His attention to detail with regard to the little things of the players, how they're lined up, what foot forward, how far off the ball, all these little details, I think he would be a great position coach. Love to see Seth Joyner come in and coach up these linebackers with the little details. Whether he could be a defensive coordinator or not, I'm not sure. I'm sure he's got the knowledge. But would love to see Seth Joyner get some sort of opportunity. Don't know if it'll ever happen. But there's a guy I would love, and we'll talk about the other person that's being reported that they interviewed. But the guy I want is Jesse Minter. Jesse Minter from Michigan. Bring in a young mind. Bring in a guy that's not just a retread like Wink Martindale would be. Let's get Jesse Minter in here. But I know a lot of people also want them to bring back Denard Wilson. I see a few people in the chat talking about Denard Wilson. That was a huge mistake on the Eagles' part. Never should have let Denard Wilson walk out the door. When Jonathan Gannon did his 180 after saying he's coming back, and goes to Arizona, you had your whole secondary go to bat for Denard Wilson. Darius Slay, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, they all said Denard Wilson's the guy. The Eagles decided to go a different route. I don't know if it was Sirianni or Howie Roseman that made the decision. They couldn't bring him back. Not even as your secondary coach. And what happens with Denard Wilson? He goes to Baltimore, and look what's going on there. So would Howie Roseman and Sirianni put their tail between their legs, go back to Denard Wilson and say, hey, we made a mistake. We want you to come back and be our D.C. Not with Howie's ego. I don't see that happening. But you talk about Denard Wilson, and I see some people in the chat saying, that would have been a mistake. M. Reyes says Denard Wilson would be a mistake. 
Well, I don't think it would have been a mistake to give the D.C. job to Denard Wilson because could it have gotten any worse than what we saw this season? Could it have got any worse firing your D.C. with four games left, turning it over to Matt Patricia, who somehow did a worse job against inferior opponents? Should have brought back Denard. But there's another name in addition to Wink Martindale, Ryan Nielsen, former defensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. He loses his job with them moving on from Arthur Smith. Before he was the defensive coordinator for the Falcons, he was the assistant defensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints. But last year, he did some good things with really a Falcons defense that lacks personnel. He did some decent things, number 11 in total yards against, number 8 in passing yards against, 20th in rushing yards, but 29th in takeaways. And sometimes takeaways can be fluky. We know that. But that's something we really want to see the Eagles get back to, is being able to create turnovers. So what do you think about those two names? Wink Martindale, Ryan Nielsen. I'm sure we'll start hearing reports that they're interviewing some other guys. But for me, Jesse Minter's who I would want to see. That's who I would like. But let's also talk about the offensive coordinator because no news yet that they've moved on from Brian Johnson. But there was a report over the weekend from Mike Garofolo of NFL Network that the Eagles could be interested in Jim Bob Cooter. That's got to be the best name in the NFL. Before we talk about him as an offensive coordinator, is there a better name in the NFL right now than Jim Bob Cooter? Jim Bob. I don't think I've ever met a Jim Bob before in my life. I guess if you guys are from the South, I think that's got to be a name from the South, right? Jim Bob? Never, I don't think you got any uh, Jim Bobs from Northeast Philly or Jim Bobs from South Philadelphia. But Jim Bob Cooter according to Mike Garofolo, is in the mix to be the Philadelphia Eagles' new offensive coordinator. So Jim Bob is the current offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. This Philadelphia Eagles organization right now loves the Indianapolis Colts for whatever reason. A lot of going back and forth between the Eagles and the Colts. Frank Reich, Nick Sirianni, Shane Steichen. Shaq Leonard, a lot of going back and forth. But Jim Bob Cooter right now is on Shane Steichen's staff because he's his offensive coordinator, which means he doesn't call plays. Shane Steichen calls the plays and is damn good at it too. And we saw that last year. But number one, because it would be a lateral move for Jim Bob, to go from Indianapolis to Philadelphia, lateral move, the Colts would have to approve of that move. They'd have to get approval. You can block lateral moves in the NFL. You can't block a guy if he's going to get a promotion, but you can block a lateral move. Now, for Jim Bob, even though this would be a lateral move, the fact that he would be calling plays is a reason he'd be interested. Could certainly put him on the map for a head coaching job down the line but he doesn't call plays there he has called plays in the past though 
He was the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions from 2016 to 2018. Two years under Jim Caldwell, one year under Matt Patricia, interestingly enough. But here's my concern with Jim Bob Cooter, in addition to his name. When he was the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, in 2016, they had the 30th ranked rushing offense. In 2017, they had the 32nd out of 32 teams rushing offense. And in 2018, they had the 23rd rushing offense. I don't want an offensive coordinator that doesn't want to run the football. And I get it. This is not the NFL of the 90s. I'm not saying you need to run the ball 50 times a game. But it needs to be better than 32nd out of 32 teams. You can't be a one-dimensional offense. Now, to give Jim Bob a little bit of an excuse, in 2016, the Detroit Lions lead running back were Theo Riddick and Dwayne Washington. Who? In 2017, Amir Abdullah. In 2018, LeGarrette Blunt and Kerryon Johnson. So it's not as if this guy had stud running backs. But you don't really need a stud running back to have some effectiveness in the running game. But so maybe we give him the benefit of the doubt, didn't have any running backs. But I don't like that. Now, he was the passing game coordinator in 2022 for Dougie P in Jacksonville. They did have a top 10 passing offense that year. In 2021, he was a consultant with the Philadelphia Eagles and Shane Steichen. So it's not hard to see why the Eagles are interested in him. They saw the success that Jalen Hurts and this Eagles offense had when Shane Steichen was your offensive coordinator. So Jim Bob Cooter is a guy who has experience working with Shane, his offensive coordinator this year. He was a consultant on his staff two years ago. He's worked with Dougie P. So you could see why they may be interested in Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob from South Philly. Where is Jim Bob from? It's got to be like Tennessee or actually, I think it is Tennessee. Jim Bob Cooter. Where was Jim Bob born? Yeah, Fayetteville, Tennessee, of course. Full name, James Robert Cooter. Let me ask you guys a question. If your name was James Robert, go by Jim. Go by Jimmy. You really going by Jim Bob? I don't know. Father's name, Lance. Mother's name, Ellen. And they call their son Jim Bob. Poor guy. Maybe that's cool in Nashville or Knoxville or Fayetteville, Tennessee. I don't know. Anyway, so that's a guy they're looking at, Jim Bob Cooter. I'll tell you what I don't want is I don't want to hear that they're running it back with Brian Johnson. I'm completely okay with them bringing Sirianni back. We've talked about it at length on this show. You know why I think they should bring back Sirianni. I do think he's earned the right to come back for another year. Just don't run it back. Bring in a new D.C., which it looks like they're going to do, and bring in a new offensive coordinator. I don't want to hear 
you spin the numbers and say, oh, well, they were still a top 10 offense this year. That's true, they were. But if you watch the freaking games, you know there was something off with this offense, especially over the last few weeks. You saw Jalen Hurts take a step back. Not absolving Jalen Hurts. Some of that's got to be put on him, too. But I think a lot of that is coaching and play design and play calling. So that's what we got going on with the Eagles coaching staff. I'm sure you'll hear more reports coming out over the next couple of days. And if you guys are hanging around, me and Rob Ellis will talk more about that on Sports Take coming up at 11 o'clock. We'll talk more about the coaching interviews and some of these decisions. And we're going to be joined by Jeff McClain at 11.30 on Sports Take. So he always has some insights into this Eagles organization. But before we take a look at the NFL, Philadelphia Flyers, real quick, didn't do any hockey talk. Got to jump over to our Flyers very quickly. Unfortunately, after having a nice little winning streak, they lose both games this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Colorado Avalanche dominated them on Saturday, 7-4. Carter Hart didn't help things, giving up five goals and only 15 shots. He gets pulled. But then they bounce back on Sunday, yesterday, against the Ottawa Senators' Claude Giroux back in the house. And it looked like things were going well, up to 3-1 at one point in that game. And they blow it, losing regulation 5-3. Giroux even getting a goal for the Senators in that game. So that was not a good look. Hopefully they can bounce back. They're still second in the Metro. But Flyers are playing hard, but two tough losses this weekend, especially yesterday, being up two in that game. Then you look at the Sixers. They now have won five in a row. They're home tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. Should dominate that game. Spurs stink this year, 14-39. and 39. So we'll see how things go there. But we'll do our Sixers talk on Wednesday when we're joined by Kayla Santiago like we are every single week. But let's take a look around some of these games that we saw this weekend. So the first game of the weekend, Baltimore Ravens and Houston Texans. And that was a game for the first half. Ravens looked a little bit rusty, having a couple of weeks off, basically, with the bye and then them resting their starters in week 18. They looked a little rusty. I think it was tied at half. They come out and dominate the second half, winning that game 34-10. to 10. And when I get frustrated with Howie Roseman, look at the freaking Ravens, man. Look at the Ravens' defense with Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. And look at their safeties. They built that defense the right way. And I think they're going to be tough to beat. But the Ravens win 34-10. And then the San Francisco 49ers against the Green Bay Packers. What a season the Green Bay Packers ended up having. You talk about overperforming. This Packers team, one of the youngest teams in the NFL, they had the 49ers on the ropes, man. If their kicker doesn't miss a 41-yard field goal, this could have been a completely different outcome. And Matt LaFleur has Jordan Love playing some really good football right now. It kind of started on Thanksgiving Day where you saw Jordan Love started to come into his own. Watch out for the Green Bay Packers now. Obviously, they lose to the 49ers, but I'm talking about next season. If Jordan Love continues to play quarterback the way he played the last eight, nine weeks of the season, 
And that offense that's extremely young continues to grow and develop with a good offensive coach in Matt LaFleur. Packers are going to be tough. Packers are going to be really tough next season. But the Packers should have won that game. They really should have won that game. That missed field goal was big. The San Francisco 49ers played most of the game without Debo Samuel, which changed up some things. Brock Purdy didn't look great at times in that game. But now they're going to host the NFC Championship game. And probably what? Going back now about eight weeks ago, everybody just assumed, including myself, the NFC Championship game was going to be the 49ers and the Eagles. And the only question was, where was it going to be? Well, the San Francisco 49ers held up their end of the bargain. But the Philadelphia Eagles, unfortunately, did not. So that brings us to the Sunday early game of the Detroit Lions and the Tampa Bay Bucks, And I'm talking about how the Packers really overperformed this season. You talk about overperforming the Tampa Bay Bucks Shouldn't even have made the playoffs, let alone beat the Eagles. And they go into Ford Field in Detroit, and they almost pulled out a victory against the Detroit Lions. But before we talk about that game, I'm talking about the Ravens linebackers and getting mad at Howie Roseman when we're talking about the Ravens linebackers. How could I forget to mention the San Francisco 49er linebackers? Are you kidding me with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw? Fred Warner is unbelievable, man. And you just saw with the Ravens and the 49ers about how good a defense can be when they are stacked at the linebacker position. And both teams have good defensive lines. So I don't want to hear that Howie Roseman, well, he builds along the D-line and you can't afford to pay linebackers and safeties when you build along the D-line. Look at the damn 49ers, man. Nick Bosa, Chase Young, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, all across the D-line. And then you still have Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw at linebacker. And some pretty good safeties, too, on the Niners. Frustrating, man, watching the way Howie Roseman builds defenses. He better have learned his lesson after what happened this season and seeing who's still in this NFL tournament. He better have learned his lesson. But you look at the Lions and the Bucks. Bucks almost upset the Lions. But Detroit pulls it out at home. Happy for the Lions. Pretty incredible. What is it? 1991 is the last time they were at in an NFC championship game. But I saw a funny thing today. I think Jacob put it out there that the Detroit Lions still have more championship appearances than the Dallas Cowboys do in the last 25 years. <laughs> So we could always take some solace in that, can't we, as Eagles fans? That the damn Cowboys continue to be the Cowboys still makes you feel good, doesn't it? So now the Detroit Lions, I think, are six-and-a-half-point dogs in San Francisco next week, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see. Let me get an update on that. I think they are six-and-a-half-point dogs in San Francisco. Yep in the NFC Championship game next week. So we will see. But, hey, don't count Detroit out, man, the way they play. Don't count them out. And then the last game was probably the best game, although the 49ers game was a good one, the Lions game was a good one. Last night, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs going up against 
Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, a matchup we've seen quite a few times already in both of those quarterbacks' careers, but we've never really seen it in Buffalo. These playoff games were always in Kansas City. Kansas City pulls it out again. Some bad decisions by the Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott. An interesting choice to go for it on that fake punt. Ended up not really hurting them because McCole Hardman fumbles the ball out of the end zone, which results in a touchback for the Buffalo Bills late in that game. A rule that I still hate. Not a fan of that rule. I know they're going to look at it this offseason, but not a fan of that rule at all. But now, this is a crazy stat, and I'm sure you guys saw it after the game last night. Patrick Mahomes has been in the NFL for six seasons as a starter, and in all six seasons as a starter, they've been in the AFC Championship game. That is crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. Andy Reid continued to do his thing, but the real thing, that's getting this Chiefs team back to an AFC championship game is that defense, a defense that has been good all season long under Steve Spagnuolo. Jim Johnson disciple, Steve Spagnuolo. But what a defense. And I talked about how young the Packers offense is and to look out for them next season. Look how young that Chiefs defense is. And they played really well last night against the Buffalo Bills. So the Chiefs go back to another AFC championship game. This one will be in Baltimore next Sunday. Baltimore right now is favored by three in that game, but that should be a really good game. Ravens look tough, man. They look they look like they are unbeatable. But we'll see how all that plays out next week. It's interesting. It's interesting to have the argument because I see some people who've said to me, and I see right on cue, James Jones saying it in the chat, well, the Eagles never should have got rid of Andy Reid. Never should have got rid of Andy Reid. And we could talk more about that. But listen, Andy Reid, one of the greatest coaches to ever coach in the NFL. Love Andy Reid. But when the Philadelphia Eagles fired Andy Reid, it was time to move on. If you guys can go back and remember how bad things were getting, it was time. He was here for 14 seasons. He's only been in Kansas City 11. 14 seasons. And when they fired him, they hadn't won a playoff game in five years. They were coming off a 4-12 and season. They were 8-8 eight and eight the year before. And I don't want to get too much into Andy Reid's personal life, but you remember what happened at the start of that 2012 season with his son passing away at training camp. All of these things, it was time. Andy needed a change of scenery. The Eagles needed a change of voice in the locker room. So we can't go back and rewrite history and say they should have kept Andy Reid. It was time for both sides to make a change. But good for Andy Reid. And you look, though, and I've talked about this before, you can't survive bad quarterback play in the NFL no matter how good of a coach you are. And Andy was never able to find the success he had when he had McNabb. 
They tried with Kevin Cobb. They tried with Michael Vick and Nick Foles. He couldn't duplicate the success without a sure franchise quarterback. And now look what he's doing in Kansas City with a franchise quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. So it was time for Andy to leave Philadelphia. And I see now I'm starting to hold debate about Donovan McNabb in the chat. But, guys, stay tuned. This is almost over. Our hour flies by. But I'm going to be joining Rob Ellis. You're going to get me for another three hours. Does it get better than that? Three hours. And we're probably going to say the name Jim Bob Cooter at least five more times. That may be the only reason I want them to hire him. I love saying Jim Bob Cooter. But like we end every Philly Sports Power Hour, a little today in sports history. Well, on January 22nd, 2021, Hank Aaron passed away. Now on the three-year anniversary of Hank Aaron passing away, a 25-time All-Star, Hank Aaron. Obviously a first-time ballot Hall of Famer. One of the best to ever do it. Four-time home run leader. Four-time RBI leader. Three-time gold glove winner. Still holds the record for a bunch of... Of things, runs batted in, extra base hits, total bases, third all time in hits, fifth in runs scored. One of the greatest to ever do it. Hank Aaron, unfortunately, passed away three years ago today. But guys, that's going to do it for the Philly Sports Power Hour. Like I said, I will be back here tonight for my legal hands to the face show. I'm hoping to be joined by Derek Gunn. Let me see, did I get confirmation yet? No confirmation from Gunner yet. So hopefully we'll get D-Gun in the house tonight. But check back in 6.30 on the Legal Hands to the Face Show. And stay tuned right here on the Jacob Sports Network for Sports Take with Rob Ellis. So I'll be doing that for the next three hours, talking all things Eagles, NFL. We'll be joined by Jeff McClain at 11.30. So hit that like button on the way out, guys. Hit that share button. Make sure you're following me on Twitter, at Bill Calarulo, on Instagram, on TikTok. We're posting daily content about the Philadelphia Eagles. So would love to engage with you. Make sure you're engaging. Send me DMs. Let me know things you want to talk about. But we'll be back here tomorrow, 10 o'clock, if I don't see you tonight on the Legal Hands of the Face show. Thanks, everybody. And as always, go Birds. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.